whether you are having a big party, a small intimate evening in, or just want to treat yourself, nothing can beat a well-presented charcuterie board. Key is that it has to be well-presented. Otherwise, it's just some meat and cheese on a plate. Today, I'm going to share some tips and tricks with you so you can make your next charcuterie board look just like the pros. Let's get to it. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5, and this is Creating the Perfect Charcuterie Board. Getting started. First things first, let's talk about ingredients. There's no point in putting in the effort to make a beautiful charcuterie board using low-end ingredients. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying you need to spend loads of money here, but we're not making a supermarket deli tray either. Splurge and get a few nice cheeses and a few nice types of meat. That's all you really need. Now let's look at some specifics. Choosing the right cheese. There are three things that I think about when I choose the cheese for any charcuterie board. First and foremost, it has to taste good. If it doesn't, why would you use it? Next, I think about shape and texture. If all of the cheese on the board is the same shape and texture, it will look boring and it will be boring to eat. Yes, you can control the shape to some degree with how you cut and present the cheese, but there is only so much you can do. Finally, I think about variety and the style and the taste of the cheese. Usually, I try to have one soft cheese like brie or camembert. And I like blue cheese, so I pretty much always include one such as gorgonzola or stilton. And I usually use a semi-firm to firm cheese. This can be anything from a really nice aged cheddar to Asiago to Manchego or Beamster. And if you don't know what words I'm saying, like what these cheeses are, that's fine. Just you know, go to the store, look around, see some cheeses that maybe you've never tried before. Ask the person working the cheese counter. They're probably going to have some recommendations. Um, but don't just buy like a Cracker Barrel block of cheddar cheese. Like buy something nice. If you want to really get into it, you can use cheese that comes from the same places as your meats. So if you're using Italian meats or Spanish meats, you would use Italian cheese or Spanish cheese. I generally don't worry about this too much unless the board itself is themed to a specific place. Using French cheese with Italian meat isn't going to ruin your board or your experience. One other tip when it comes to cheese is to avoid novelty cheese like beer-veined ones or holiday-shaped ones. For the most part, they aren't going to taste good. They aren't, excuse me, going to pair well with the other things on your board, and they are going to make your charcuterie board look kind of hokey. Charcuterie meats. When it comes to the meat on a charcuterie board, I actually really like the three packs of Italian meats you can get at the grocery store. Please don't buy the cheapest one. It will likely taste cheap. Having said that, you don't have to buy the most expensive one either. These packs work best when making a board for two to six people, but any more than that, and you're going to want to go to the deli counter and get them to cut the meats fresh for you. This will save you a considerable amount of money. Now, if you have a specialty charcuterie store in your city, go there. It's going to be exponentially better than what you get at the grocery store. They will likely have some delicious pate, terrines, and lots of other items that you can use on your charcuterie board as well. Speaking of pate, I don't typically recommend grocery store pate. But if you like them, go for them. Sauce. It's always nice to serve at least one kind of sauce with your charcuterie board. This could be simple as a nice mustard to pair with the meat or a high-end jam to go with the cheese. I really like a savory blueberry compote paired with cheese, especially brie or blue cheese. If you'd like to make my blueberry compote, I'll share the recipe with you in a few minutes.
bread. Every charcuterie board needs some type of bread. This could be as simple as some torn up baguette or store-bought crackers. But I find that toasting some bread uh, with olive oil and aged balsamic or balsamic reduction not only tastes great, but looks great too. It really adds that extra wow factor to the board. Um, to make bread toasted with olive oil and balsamic, cut some bread into five by five centimeter squares or two inches approximately. Put them on a lined sheet pan, drizzle with olive oil and thick balsamic vinegar. You can use reduction or an aged balsamic and then bake on 400 degrees for 10 to 12 minutes. They're going to come out nice and crispy on the outside, a little bit soft in the middle, a little sweet from the balsamic, a little bitter from the olive oil. They're beautiful. Assembling your charcuterie board. Now that we have the main components of our charcuterie board mapped out, let's look at how to put it all together. The board. Obviously, you're going to need a plate or board to put your ingredients on. For two to six people, I use a 12, in, a 12 to 16 inch board. For two people, this would be a meal, not an appetizer. The board can be a cutting board, a sanded and oiled piece of maple, or even a long, narrow plate. You can plate your charcuterie on a round plate, but that's not what I usually do. Um, so I generally use just a long, narrow wooden cutting board. The cheese. I always start with the cheese because it helps shape the rest of the board and because the cheese is best served at room temperature. So as I'm putting the rest of the board together, the cheese is coming up to the perfect eating temperature. I always put the cheese on opposite corners. This is, so imagine that I just have a long, narrow board. Um, I always put the cheese on opposite corners when using a square or rectangle board then one cheese in the middle. This helps to break the board up and gives me lots of room for everything else. Brie and other wheels of cheese can be served uh, as either a whole wheel or a half wheel. Obviously you can buy bigger pieces of brie in which case you would not want to use a full or even half wheel. But when buying small wheels, I'll put a half wheel in a corner. So I cut it in half and then just smash it right against the edge of the board. Not smash, but place it or put a full wheel right in the center of the board. I also like to pre-cut the brie and other soft cheese because it's easier to cut when it's cold uh, and it prevents a large mess later on. Blue cheese. I don't cut blue cheese because it is typically pretty crumbly. I put a wedge uh, of it in the corner and make sure to serve a cheese knife with it. Whatever it may be, the third cheese is what I use to break the board up visually. I avoid cutting the cheese into cubes like the plague. There's nothing that is going to make your board look cheaper than cubed cheese. Suppose the cheese comes in a wedge, cut it across it to get into thin triangles. If the cheese is rectangular, slice it, cut it the slices into triangles if you can, or use thin rectangles. Fan the third cheese out. This looks great and makes the cheese easy to grab. So if you imagine a rectangle board, in the bottom left-hand corner, I have half a wheel of brie. In the top right-hand corner, I have a wedge of blue cheese. And then in the center left, I have a fanned out triangles of uh, aged cheddar. How much meat and cheese to serve? If the charcuterie board is served before a meal, aim to have about 56 grams or two ounces of cheese per person and the same amount of meat. If the board is the meal, aim for about 150 grams or just over five ounces per person. That is cheese in, and meat in total, not, or cheese in total, excuse me, not of each kind and the same with meat. So 150 grams of meat or five ounces and five ounces of cheese. Cups and bowls. After the cheese, I like to add any cups or ramekins that I may be using. 
Um, for example, if I make a blueberry compo or I'm adding mustard, I'll put it in a small cup, and then I'll generally put it right in the center of the board, uh, right against the third cheese that's fanned out. Um, you may have cups of mustard, pickles, olives, anything like that. Essentially, anything rigid should be added to the board right after the cheese, and then you can kind of build the board and form it around that. Next up, the meat gets added. Just as with the cheese, you want to create different textures with the meats. Again, this isn't a meat and cheese tray from your local grocery store's deli section. Avoid rolling meat into tubes and stuff like that. How you present the meat really depends on what meat you have. With my example board, I have copa, salami, and prosciutto. Prosciutto, excuse me. The copo, copa, oh my God, and salami are both round, and the prosciutto is prosciutto-shaped. Generally, I fold salami into quarters, holds well, and looks nice. Uh, with the copa, I pinch it gently in the middle to form it'll do a loose bunch. Now, there's a common mistake when it comes to preparing slices of prosciutto for a charcuterie board. People tend to roll it or fold it up, but this makes eating very unpleasant. Eating rolled prosciutto feels like similar to eating raw meat, which is not usually very much fun. Instead of rolling, just gently fold the prosciutto into ribbons. When your guests eat it, they should be eating only one or two layers at a time. This makes the prosciutto much more enjoyable to eat. Position of the meats. As for where to place the meats on your board, I like to bunch them up with the cheese. You don't have to do this, but I find it helps keep everything looking nice and tidy and saves room for bread and crackers and for other garnishes. So again, if you imagine that rectangular board, in the bottom left corner, I have the brie. I'll bunch up the prosciutto or the copa and put it there. Uh, copa is just another cured pork. Um, then I'll put the salami at the top left with, uh, beside the blue cheese. And then the other meats, be it the prosciutto or the copa, I'll kind of wrap around the ramekin right by the center cheese or the cheddar. Bread and crackers. The next elements to add to the board are the crackers and bread. Uh, I like to use these items as borders or dividers between the different sections of my board. So there are salami and blue cheese at the top, then a border of bread. At the bottom, we have the copa and the brie and a border of bread. Again, this helps with a visual appeal, but it also puts the bread and crackers exactly where you want them next to the spreadable cheeses. Garnishing your charcuterie board. The final step, and visually the most important, is to garnish your charcuterie board. For the best visual appeal, and variety in eating, use a few different garnishes. I use grapes, cranberries, dried figs, pistachios, gherkins, olives, dried orange slices, and a few sprigs of fresh thyme on my board. So that you know most of these items I had on hand already. Don't spend money more on garnish than on your main items. Buy one or two things, then use whatever you have around your kitchen. You don't have to use the exact garnishes that I do, but the idea is to fill the blank space with pops of color and different textures. Of course, you want most, if not all, of your garnish to be things that you actually want to eat. Also, don't get go overboard here. There is such a thing as too much garnish. A few pieces of each item is more than enough. The finished charcuterie board. Your finished charcuterie board should be visually stunning and easy and enjoyable to eat. This is food, after all. Ideally, your guests or partner will literally say, wow, when they see it. If someone says, I don't want to eat it because it's too beautiful, you know you've done your job. Blueberry compote. So if you want to make the blueberry compote, here's how you do it. First of all, the ingredients are one teaspoon of canola oil, a quarter cup of minced shallot or onion, one cup of frozen blueberries, a quarter cup of hot water, 
two tablespoons of sugar, one teaspoon of cider vinegar, a pinch of salt, one-eighth of a teaspoon of fresh cracked pepper, half a teaspoon of fresh thyme. Instructions. Heat a small pot over medium heat, add the canola oil and shallot. Cook for two to three minutes or until the shallots start to soften. Add the remaining ingredients, bring to a boil, reduce the heat to low, and simmer for 10 minutes or until a spoon dragged across the bottom of the pot leaves a line for at least one second. Cool to room temperature and serve. And you can use this with cheese. It's really great on a grilled cheese sandwich. Um, it's, it's fantastic on pork, uh, chicken or duck. You can use it for a lot of different things. The wrap up. There isn't much difference between a professionally prepared charcuterie board and an amateur one. It's mostly the same meats and the same cheese. Like with most things, it is the little extras that separate the two. Pay attention to the placement of things. Think about color and texture and use garnish to fill up the board and add pops of color. Just like that, your amateur looking charcuterie board has become a masterpiece that any pro would be happy to serve. And if you want to see my kind of example board and read this post out loud or read this post, you can see uh, in the description of the video, I shared a link to it. Uh, I wrote this around Christmas, so it's specifically mentioning holiday charcuterie boards, but obviously you can do a charcuterie board anytime. Um, so again, the link is in the description of this episode. Also, I mentioned in the last episode, I have a cookbook coming out in a few weeks and I'm looking for people to kind of join my review crew, my review squad, whatever you want to call it. I'm just looking for people to review the book. So if you'd like an advanced copy uh, and you're willing to write a review of it, an honest review, doesn't have to be good or bad, just your honest opinion, just send me an email at chefbenkelly at gmail.com and I'll share that in the description of the video of the episode as well. Or you can hit me up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at chefbenkelly and just say, uh, I'd like to be part of the re review group, review squad, review crew, whatever, um, and share your address with me. And then we'll send you a copy of the book to review, and then you just have to write a review on Amazon. Um, then I won't send you anything else. Like, I'm not going to spam you or anything. Your address will only be used to send you a free copy of the book and a copy before anybody else even sees it because um, it's not released yet. So again, if you want to do that, just send me an email or a message. You can find my email address in the description of the video. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I can't tell you anything else about the book yet, but I will tell you soon. Uh, and that's it. That's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5, and this has been Creating the Perfect Charcuterie Board. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and I will talk to you soon.